Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Well, Ryan isn't the only one with a show-and-tell bits today. Uh, Max is coming around. Usually I ask the children to listen for three things in particular. Today, I hope he's coming around. I can't see him. Okay, great. Start walking. Uh, He's coming around. Oh, adults, close your ears for a minute Uh, because there's a spoiler alert. For the younger listeners and any adults who raise your hand because we're going to have extra, uh, I'm passing, Max is passing around these little mending kits because we're going to be talking about mending holes and sewing patchwork quilts. So if that might help you to think about and keep your hands busy and listen for things about that in the service, just raise your hand and Max will bring you a patch. I know I would want to be doing this while listening to me, so there's no shame in it if you're an adult either. All right, we've got another one. Okay, great. So, okay, adults, you can open your ears now. And Max will keep handing those out, and I will read our second scripture lesson today from Ephesians 4. Let us continue to listen to God's word to us this day. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love, and make an effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with a peace that ties you together. You are one body and one spirit, just as God has called you in one hope. By speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The body grows from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does its part. Friends, for the word of God in scripture, for the word of God around us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Max, do you have an extra one there? Because I think Amanda wants one if you've got one. No? Okay. Sorry, Amanda. I'll get you another one later. Okay. So Jan Richardson's blessing, Rend Your Heart, which was written for Ash Wednesday, begins in this way. To receive this blessing... All you have to do is let your heart break. Let it crack open. Let it fall apart so that you can see its secret chambers, the hidden spaces where you have hesitated to go. We're continuing on in our series this Lent, This Is My Body, as Pastor Ryan talked about, where we are talking about embodied prayer and the very physicality of our lives, along with thinking about how we all join together to be the body of Christ. And so this morning, I want you to imagine your heart, whatever that looks like in your mind's eye, and imagine it broken open so that you can see those hidden spaces that Richardson talks about particularly the ones where you have hesitated to go. And I want you to just hold on to that image. As part of our Lenten series, I know that many of you are reading the book, If the Church Were Christian, Rediscovering the Values of Jesus by Philip Gully. And if you were able to read this week, you read chapter 3, Reconciliation Would Be Valued Over Judgment. Now, if you didn't read the chapter this week, don't worry, I will catch you up. So Philip Gully, who is a Quaker minister, talks about growing up in the Roman Catholic Church and the experience that he had with confession. As a child, he went to confession every week and confessed the same things to the priest every week, fighting with his brother, 
and disobeying his parents. And every week he was given the same acts of contrition, which means that he was told to repeat two brief prayers as a form of an apology to God, asking for forgiveness. And he talks about how this practice set up his understanding of confession and forgiveness as being vertical, that he was confessing or apologizing to God and not confessing or apologizing to his brothers or his parents on the more horizontal plane. He writes, it is, as I have learned, far easier to ask forgiveness of a God we can't see than from a person we can see. As Presbyterians, we don't have the practice of a confessional booth, but we do have the practice of confessing our sin each week in worship. Sin being that thing that turns us from God, that clouds our vision from seeing and hearing God, and prevents us from being the people that God wants us to be. And when we confess communally, those words are often pre-written by Pastor Ryan or myself, and sometimes they're more personal in nature, and other times they're more corporate. And I'm aware that there are weeks in which you think, oh man, they saw me this week, and other weeks in which you think, do I even do that? And that's okay. Because as Presbyterians, we do this confession together every week as a reminder to ourselves that there are things in our own lives that we need to work on, things that we need to notice about ourselves, our actions or inactions, the systems that we're a part of, things we need to point out as not being right and going so far as to name them as sinful. It's a good practice to call out these things in our lives and be in conversation with God about them. And when we do it all together, it reminds us that this need for confession is true for every last one of us. We're equal in that. And each week, we also share in the forgiveness and the pardon, words often spoken by a minister, but really coming from God. And we're reminded in that, that each week God is present with us and loves us and offers us grace, especially in the hard parts of our lives. But Jesus, Jesus takes a bit, asks a bit more of us than just the weekly prayer of confession as listed in the bulletin. Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew that his followers, before they offer any gifts to God, should first offer the gift of reconciliation. At its simplest definition, reconciliation is a restoration of relationship. But to achieve reconciliation is much harder than that definition would imply. It means first admitting to ourselves and then admitting to another person that we messed up, that we're sorry, that we want to work toward repairing and restoring that relationship or situation, and that we are willing to put in the time and energy it takes to do that. As Pastor Gully writes, true reconciliation is difficult requiring vulnerability, honesty, and humility. This practice of reconciliation, both with God and with others, starts with an intentional examination of the hidden spaces in our hearts where we have hesitated to go. Jen Richardson continues in her blessing, Your entire life is here, inscribed whole upon your heart's walls. Every path taken or left behind— Every face you turned toward or turned away, 
every word spoken in love or in rage, every line of your life you would prefer to leave in the shadow, every story that shimmers with treasures known and those you have yet to find. It could take you days to wander these rooms, 40 at least. This wandering in the hidden spaces of our hearts is not easy. And so I think that the first words of this letter to the Ephesians that we read together today, to conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience, I think they're an instruction for how we act toward one another and also how we treat our own selves. To proceed with gentleness as we commit to plowing through the places in our lives where reconciliation is needed. Now, if your hidden heart is anything like mine, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Some of it is hurts that have been done to you. Some are hurts that you have placed on others. And some is the pain that you've inflicted upon yourself. These are all things that need to be explored and rended or pulled apart and examined. In the portion of the prodigal son story that we just heard a moment ago, we hear the younger son examining his life the words and the actions that he took, the ways in which they tore holes in the very fabric of his being. We listen as through this process he takes steps to use different words and different actions, none of which are easy for him, but which lead him to be able to reconcile with his own self, with God, and with his Father. The work he is doing acknowledges the shape and the configuration of those holes, And it is then and only then that the possibility of mending can occur. So let's talk about mending for just a moment. When you have an article of clothing or a piece of fabric that gets used regularly and you find a hole or a tear in it, you have some choices to make. You could throw it away and buy something new or you could try to fix it. You could mend it. If you choose to mend something for longer-term use, you don't just stitch up the hole to close it. You also need to take into account the area around the hole in that piece of cloth because it often is weakened. Sometimes you can even hold that piece of fabric up to the light and see the places where it's weak around the hole. You need to take steps to strengthen this because if you don't and you just stitch up that hole, oh, friend, you have wasted your time because another hole and another hole and another hole are going to appear. So you strengthen the fabric around the hole by attaching another piece of fabric like I gave you all today or by stitching around the hole in addition to closing up the hole itself. Now, one of the things I love about mending are all the different ways that you can do it. You can do it in a very hidden way where you match the fabric or the thread, and so it disappears into that garment and you don't even notice it. But there's also a practice called visible mending. This style draws attention to the mend. If you've seen my children walking around and notice their knees of their pants, they are almost all of them visibly mended. And this practice, this style says to you all looking at it, there was a problem, and we worked to fix it, but we can still see it, and we still know that it happened. There's an acknowledgement of the whole that needed mending. In their book, Mending Life, a handbook for repairing clothes and hearts, Nina and Sonia Montenegro write, at first glance, mending might seem inconsequential, But not only does it mean buying fewer clothes, it also invites us into a new way of being. 
Mending is a powerful act of restoration, both for our clothes and for our relationship to the world. When we sit down to mend, we cultivate a mindset that extends beyond our clothing. Much like meditation, mending teaches us to embrace imperfection and practice patience and acceptance with ourselves. Making something whole again is also a form of healing, and we humans have a deep desire to heal what is broken. I like to think about Jesus as mending the holes of the hidden places of my heart with me, like a master mender, the master mender who helps us to stitch ourselves back together, doesn't ask us to pretend that the tears didn't happen or forget that they happened, but instead helps us to learn from them, to carry on through them, to make something beautiful and new with them and to love each other the best that we can as we go, offering each other needle and thread and the time it takes to mend. As Archbishop Desmond Tutu says, forgiving and being reconciled to our enemies or loved ones is not about pretending that things are any way other than they are. True reconciliation exposes the awfulness, the abuse, the hurt, the truth. It is a risky undertaking But in the end, it is worthwhile because in the end, only an honest confrontation with reality can bring real healing. Scripture says, accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the spirit with a peace that ties you together. You are one body and one spirit, just as God has also called you in one hope. By speaking truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ. The whole body grows from him, and it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. So I want you to take that image you've been holding on to of your hidden heart and begin to rework it and see this heart that has been broken and mended and transform that in your mind and let it grow so that it becomes an image of you. And then I want you to look around the room, which I appreciate is awkward to do, but I want you to look around the room because what we have here is a collection of people who make up the ligaments that tie together the body of Christ. And the way that we sew ourselves together is through love. For friends, we are a crazy quilt. If you've ever seen a crazy quilt, you know that this style is anything from ordered and precise. It's like the opposite of being a Presbyterian. (laughs) Crazy quilt is made up of pieces and patches of all sorts of different materials with different textures and different patterns. And often these pieces are left over from some other project. And it's visibly stitched together, often with ornate embroidery. And it takes a lot of time to assemble. And it takes an open mind to trust that these mismatched fabrics can come together to form a beautiful whole. None of the pieces individually is more important than the other. Every little bit of it contributes to the making of the quilt, which embodies care and warmth and beauty. And it's all done by hand. This is the kind of work that we are invited to. 
We all have holes in our lives, these places where we have been hurt, where we have hurt others, these places where we have hurt ourselves. And it takes humility, gentleness, patience, love, and acceptance to mend and to strengthen these places, to restore these relationships. And these visibly and beautifully mended patches of people that we are are just the right kind of fabric that God is looking for to stitch together, forming those ligaments into the body of Christ together. Healthy, loving churches value reconciliation over judgment and acceptance over condemnation, Gully writes, never losing sight of their purpose to bring wholeness to broken lives, immersing each person and situation in God's grace. Jesus did this time and again, transforming people and situations by his gracious presence. Jesus, the master mender, handing us needle and thread, taking the time to sit with us as together we strengthen and repair the holes, stitching us into his body, inviting us to reconciliation, healing, and restoration. And so let this be, concludes Richardson, a season for wandering, for trusting the breaking, for tracing the rupture that will return you to the one who waits, who watches, who works within the rending to make your heart whole. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.